it really all comes down to one thing. It's loving your loved one enough to tell the truth. It's honoring enough to tell them what they need to hear versus what you think they want to hear. When you take that plunge into the deep end that is vulnerability, you see the capacity for love that's there, not only in others, but in yourself. The capacity to vulnerably accept someone as they are, show them that unconditional love, and then allow yourself to be seen and accepted and accept their unconditional love. That is where conscious relationship happens. And so when it's all out there, the freedom and the joy that you get to express yourself vulnerably and authentically is one of the most joyous feelings I have ever experienced. And it is my hope and my prayer and my intention that sharing this somehow, some way encourages you to start that journey. Welcome Welcome home to to the the Loving Consciously Consciously Podcast. Podcast. My name is Amaris. And my name is Eric. And if you are like us, nobody Nobody taught taught you how how to love. love. We are best friends and life partners here to vulnerably and authentically share our seven-year journey to unconditional love. Our mission is to help you learn how to love consciously in all of your relationships so we can journey together towards a more effective, intentional, and fulfilling way of giving and receiving love. Loving Loving Consciously. Consciously. Together, we have overcome neurodivergence, mental health, addiction, pregnancy loss, infidelity, and grief. After six years, the lack of knowledge on how to heal or love each other through these challenges led to our separation. After us both spiritually awakening and recommitting, we built our new conscious partnership founded on unconditional love and a commitment to personal growth. Thank you for joining us as we put it all out there to show you the duality of our love's pain and beauty. And remind you that you have both the capacity to love consciously and the power to always Always choose love. Welcome back to the Loving Consciously podcast. This is episode 11 titled Learning to Love Honesty. And if we had to summarize our journey with honesty, it would definitely be that sentence. We have had to learn to love it. Today, we are going to look at the foundations of honesty. What is it? What is authenticity? What is vulnerability? A lot of these words that we hear a lot, but have we actually sat down and explored those and what they mean and how they can be expressed healthily in our lives? We are going to talk a lot about our journey with these things, which if you've listened to our intro series, you know it was a rough one. We are hopeful that sharing this journey with you can help you learn a little bit from some of our challenges. <laughs> Just trying to find another word for mistakes. Challenges. We are also going to go over a lot of really great insights of things that we have learned and incorporated on our healing journey, specifically around this concept of honesty and authenticity. Before we get started with today's episode, we usually give a life update and there isn't really much to share. We are still hanging out in Southern California. We are deep in mentally, physically, and spiritually preparing for meeting Mother Aya. Our ayahuasca ceremony is this weekend. And we've just really been in work mode. We've been getting a lot of work done and just kind of riding the wave of the journey where we're at right now. So with that, we'll go ahead and get started. What is honesty? I feel like if you asked most people this, the first thing they would say is telling the truth. And that's definitely a part of it. It's adhering to facts and telling the truth in all forms of communication and action. So all forms and not just your words, but also your actions. What is authenticity? Authenticity is the quality of being genuine or true. And what is vulnerability? Vulnerability is openness to experiences, people, and uncertainty. A lot of people define vulnerability as being willing to get hurt or putting yourself out there. Generally speaking, it is an openness to life, really. And with being open to life and experiences and uncertainty comes the potential for painful or challenging experiences. Moving into our journey with honesty... You are going to talk a lot about this, and I just wanted to share that coming into this relationship especially, honesty was one of my core values. It was something that was really important to me, and I was really clear from the get-go in this relationship that I am the type of person, when I am committed, I can work through anything if you're honest with me. And back then, 
when that honesty trust is broken, it was extremely hard for me. I had a lot of insecurity. I had a lot of trauma around dishonesty going really far back into my childhood. And so for me, kind of setting the stage on this conversation, it's important to understand that coming into this relationship, I was at that time an open book. I was being open about my incarceration, about my addiction, about everything. And I laid all of that on the table for you from the get-go. I was completely honest about everything I'd ever done, brutally so, in a trauma reaction way of probably trying to push you away. I just felt it was really important to give that little bit of context. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for setting the foundations and for providing your experience with honesty moving into this relationship because we were at very different life phases when it comes to the concept of honesty when we got together. I mean, one of the very first things that I said to you when we met was dishonest. I lied about my age. I was 20 years old, meaning this beautiful woman in summer school and was projecting a lot of my insecurities and my worthiness outside of myself. And so I thought, oh, you know, this older woman is talking to me. I need to be at least 21 in order to even have my foot in the door. I am only three years older, y'all. <laughs> let's not get let's not get carried away. Uh-huh. And I remember in that Maybe moment, you just like cougars. <laughs> and I remember in that moment this fear that came up inside of me and essentially, you know, my ego and, and my thinking mind just saying, you're months away from being 21. Why don't you just say 21, right? Just, you're basically 21. Pause here is really interesting because this is a really beautiful example of how irrational ego is. Here's this person that you're interested in and you want to get to know and potentially date. Of course, I was eventually going to find out when your birthday was. Of course, I was going to find out you weren't 21 yet. It really shows, especially when we're looking at dishonesty. And and I laugh about it now because we kind of have to laugh at the ridiculousness of the ego and how it will literally say anything that it feels will protect you, even though it's a bold-faced lie that is absolutely going to come out at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the ego is so hyper-focused on either chasing after pleasure or avoiding pain that all sense of the truth kind of goes out the window and those are really the only two options and something that you laid in the foundation that really rings true no pun intended to honesty is telling the truth in all forms of communication and action there is no leniency when it comes to truth it's not a scale or a gradient in any sense the truth is the truth and whatever narratives or story that we tell ourselves to kind of bend that and twist it to whatever narrative that we're trying to fit that is dishonesty that is manipulation literally the bending of the truth that bending is manipulation i offer up this example of me lying about my age at the start of our relationship as kind of a light-hearted one taking off from here we can begin to see how dishonesty really was pervasive throughout the relationship that energy of feeling like i needed to be accepted by you and not able to regulate within myself and then also tied with the feeling of avoiding negative emotions or avoiding what i had learned from my childhood from essentially avoiding punishments through dishonesty was carried through into my daily life. When we met, I was struggling to be honest really about anything to the point where I would lie about where I was, what I ate, what I was doing. It didn't matter the size of the lie. It was more so, I'm in this moment, I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'm dysregulated, I need to talk my way out of it. And so anything was on the table. And earlier on in our relationship, it looked like infidelity along with other dishonesties. And then especially with the trauma that was the rejection from my parents, playing both sides, going to my parents and saying, this is, this was the experience, you know, this is what 
this is what Amara said, this is what I said, and then coming to you and saying, this is what I said, this is what my parents said, in an effort to bring you all together, and also manipulating in that sense, which was not helpful for really creating a family unit. As we moved forward in our relationship, that dishonesty kept getting worse and worse and worse because I chose not to see the patterns within myself that were circulating and instead was looking to essentially outsource every negative emotion that I was feeling and avoid it. And so when we look into childhood stuff and attachment styles, we can begin to see that whenever we're avoiding a negative emotion, we're avoiding pain, or we're searching to be accepted by somebody else or loved, we have a tendency to outsource our power. When we went through our separation and the suffering in our relationship got so big because of the dishonesties and the infidelity that showed up kind of towards the end of that phase of our life, I no longer could hide. The suffering got so intense. When you discovered the true depth of my dishonesty, there was this moment of shattering, shattering that veil and seeing the pain that it caused you really sobered me. It really forced me to sit with, oh, actually, this was me. Actually, I've been lying to myself this whole time because when we're being dishonest, not only are we being dishonest with the people around us, but that dishonesty then flows into our own energy. We're in denial. We're not speaking truth. When we're doing that, we're living from a victim mentality of essentially saying everything else is the problem. It's not me. I'm not looking at it. I lived for years in denial. Denial of the truth, denial of what I was bringing to the relationship. It wasn't until that veil of dishonesty was shattered and you provided me with a mirror of truth of essentially saying, no, this is actually what you're doing. And then having the courage to sit with that, look at that, and then decide to make a change is what moved me from a victim mentality into ownership, into taking a look at what the honest truth was, not the stories that I was telling myself, not the stories that I was telling you, but just objectively sitting back and saying, what did I do? Why did I do it? That's something you can work with. When you're being dishonest with yourself, there is no room for growth because you're not even giving yourself the opportunity to work on yourself. Yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. That was really vulnerable and I appreciate your authenticity and vulnerability and honesty being authentic here, I am sitting here having a lot of old bubbles come to the surface. I got emotional there for a minute and just had to sit with myself for a second because this is our history. Like this is our past and it lives in the past now. And we now have an incredibly honest relationship, maybe even a little too honest sometimes. (laughs) And I'm very grateful for that. This was a really difficult period in our relationship and it spanned six years. I remember when we first started dating and you told me the lie about your age and I really quickly found it out because how are you going to lie about your age when your 21st birthday is coming up? I remember having these massive red flag warning flags and just being so in love with you and so sure of this relationship and feeling so safe that I just completely lied to myself. All of my dishonesty in this relationship was with myself. I completely lied to myself and created this veil of delusion and of denial. And that went on for a year, for the whole first year we were together. Like, I always knew somewhere deep down you were lying. I'm remembering this time, I don't know how many months into our relationship, when you went on a family trip to Bolivia to see your grandmother and you actually, because of everything that was going on with your parents, you had gone with them to Mexico, I think Mm -hmm. it was. And I had no idea. I thought you were in a completely different country. 
the entire time you were at this resort was a lie. I didn't find out until a very long time later. Some of these like big core moments of dishonesty and I just couldn't face that truth within myself. I couldn't face that. I couldn't face that truth in this relationship. And so there was a lot of self-dishonesty and self-betrayal. And around that one year mark, that whole first year, I never looked at your phone. I never invaded your privacy. And around that year mark, I was sitting in our apartment. We had just moved in together into our first joint apartment and we were engaged and we had just gotten back together after you know, a pretty like tough time. And I remember sitting on the couch and you had just gotten a new phone and your old phone was sitting in the desk and we can call it intuition. We can call it higher self. We can call it ego. We can call it whatever you want to call it. For me and my experience at that time, I heard a voice. I heard a voice clear as day that told me to look at the phone and the phone didn't have service, but was able to connect to the Wi-Fi. And as soon as it connected to the Wi-Fi, This is how I found out about your Tinder and the first round of chaos and lies and infidelity. And ever since that moment, that like rupture, I don't think we've had trust around honesty until the last three to six months. Like that is how long that journey, I mean, granted, you you know, the dishonesty continued, but that is how long that healing took. And so my hope is that this this message and this episode and the things we're going to talk about later help you on that journey if that's something that you're facing or going to face in your life. Pretty much from that one-year mark to that six-year mark, I always knew you were being dishonest. It was this constant pattern of you would get caught in dishonesty and it would force you into this really deep vulnerability and it was just like this wave. Like the dishonesty would happen and it'd be the downturn and then you would spike up and be super vulnerable and intimate and present and then another dishonesty and I don't really know when it sunk in for me, but there was definitely a point sometime around the, I don't know, five-year mark where I had just kind of accepted that you, in my perception at that time, were a dishonest person, that you were just not going to tell me the truth. You know, like you said, you would lie about what you ate, what you were doing, where you were. There was nothing that wasn't on the table for dishonesty, And so I think I just resolved myself, like, this is just who this person is, you know, everyone in my life and, you know, pop culture and things that we see, it's kind of like, oh, well, you're supposed to just love and accept people as they are. And so I thought, like, this is just him. He's just not an honest person. And, you know, he's super kind and sweet and this, this and that, all these good things. So I guess I'm just going to have to learn to live with this. When we were coming up to our separation and the sexual addiction and the acting out and the behaviors started to get really extreme and started to get really undeniable. I remember the night everything came crashing to a head, you know, your birthday of 2022. So a little over a year ago, I remember this moment of, you know, we're sitting there together. You handed me your phone. We were talking and I was going to look at something on your Instagram. And I remember opening your Instagram right there next to you with full permission. You had just completely no idea. And sometimes I wonder if like your subconscious mind like wanted to get caught. He's nodding right now. And, you know, if you had forgotten that you had your other Instagram that I didn't know about opened, but I opened your your phone so we could look at this thing on Instagram together in the middle of an extremely vulnerable and intimate moment. And found your hidden Instagram and it just you're right like shattering is the exact word it was just and what I saw in there as well which I don't think we need to get back into it was just this moment of complete shattering of I can no longer deny I can no longer lie to myself and I can no longer enable this lying there's a problem here this behavior has gone from oh you're just kind of a dishonest person because you're scared to get in trouble because of, you know, your your childhood and things that had happened to, no, like, there's something seriously deep going on here. Like, this has gone from white lies to full-blown addiction. And sitting with that was, you know, a really deep and dark time in our relationship. Obviously, we separated. I share all of this to really kind of give a picture, but the one thing I want you all to take away from this is dishonesty is dishonesty is dishonesty all forms of it, it's dishonesty. Truth is truth. You can't bend the truth. You can't change truth. It's really interesting looking back on this because I played just as much a part. Like, there is no good guy or bad guy in any situation, in any relationship, in any conflict. 
there just is. There's two people who participated. I participated just as much. I was just as dishonest with myself. I was just as manipulative with how honest I was with you. When I look back at all these times, as much as a lot of, you know, pain and traumas and and painful memories come up, I'm really able to look at it objectively now and say, no, actually, it just was what it was. You weren't telling the truth. I wasn't being honest with myself. We were both in these states of dishonesty. And when you're not being honest with yourself and you're not loving yourself, you certainly can't be honest with anyone else. And so I really appreciate you sharing all that. I know this is tough stuff to walk back through. I mean, it's it's our story. And part of this podcast and our commitment to vulnerability is sharing this with you so that if you're experiencing something similar or someone you care about is experiencing something similar, you know that you're not alone. And part of healing and growing is revisiting these moments. It's going back with your conscious awareness and being able to heal that with love rather than shoving it in a dark corner and saying, we're just never going to talk about that again. It's important. It's important to revisit these difficult moments with your loved ones so that you can touch it with light. Part of the examples that you've shared from the Instagram to going to Mexico with my family without telling you, both of them stem from these core patterns of essentially people-pleasing. The first one with my parents, people-pleasing in the sense of wanting everybody else to be happy, finding your regulation through regulating other people of essentially playing both cards and saying, I don't know how to be honest with my parents and say, I can't go with you here because I love my partner and I honor her and I'm not going to do this. And instead just going and fawning and then not having the courage to tell you and say something similar was saying, I made this commitment to my parents and I can't just not go and spend this family time and not having that courage there then led to to this dishonesty of twisting stories and whatnot. Whereas had I just regulated myself at the time and been honest with both you and my parents, it would have given everybody the opportunity to really see the truth and then work on a solution together. Taking that, that control and trying to control that outcome led to essentially hurting everybody else. When it came to the Instagram, it was something similar of not being able to be honest with myself and and my needs in the relationship and who I was becoming. And so I then fawned and, you know, became this version of myself in the relationship that was betraying my honest self. And then the ego used that as narrative to say, well, if you're not getting your needs met or if you're not happy or you're not experiencing love in the way that you feel you should be loved, then you should go find it somewhere else. And that's okay and that's justified. You know, dishonesty really, really is an infection that can go anywhere from, you know, this white little lie into some really deep and hurtful patterns if we allow it to. And the cure for that is to just bring it into the light. Be honest. Have the strength to talk to your loved ones. Absolutely. I think, too, another insight is when there's no room for the mind to create a narrative, that's when healing can happen. That's when connection happens. Because throughout this entire journey of dishonesty with each other and with ourselves and everything we've been sharing about, there was so much room for our minds and our egos to create stories, to create beliefs, to create narratives. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And so if you're not being honest with your loved ones, they're left to guess. They're left to fill in the blanks. And of course, we could do a whole episode about assumptions and why those aren't helpful. That's just the reality of the situation. If you don't know something, your mind is left to fill in the gaps. Closing the gap of that space by being honest takes away that 
need for the mind and the ego to create those narratives and those stories. And that's where the true healing starts. Moving into authenticity, we shared a lot about this in our intro series, and we're going to get a lot more into this next month when we have a special series we're putting together for y'all. I don't want to spoil it just yet, but it is February, the month of love, so we have some really great episodes coming. Our entire journey with authenticity has really been around our living of a double life. When we moved to Oregon, we created second social media accounts, and I realize now how much our behavior as a couple and how it was okay as a couple for us to live this inauthentic life and for us to, you know, this again, right, honesty, bending of the truth. Sure, we weren't telling our family and friends about our journey with ethical non-monogamy. This goes back into that concept of truth is truth. And the truth was we were exploring ethical non-monogamy and we weren't being honest about that. While we may not have been, quote unquote, lying about it or being dishonest, we certainly weren't being authentic and truthful. That's why we included these words, authenticity, and vulnerability in this conversation because authenticity is a form of honesty. And so when you're not being authentic about who you are and what you're experiencing, that is dishonesty. And it's like, where's the line? Because it starts to get really gray when you're like, oh, well, honesty is telling the truth, but I'm not going to tell my family about my lifestyle and this long-term, two long-term, a year or more committed relationships we were in that really is just another part of the problem. And so for us, authenticity was something we really struggled with. And moving into especially this last year of our spiritual journey and of coming out about our ethical non-monogamy, of you coming out, it has been this journey of authenticity. And I talk a lot about authenticity on my podcast. It's something I'm incredibly passionate about and it's something that I feel can truly change the world. Honesty and authenticity go hand in hand. Honesty and living an honest life is what makes you authentic. Authenticity is essentially that living expression of honesty through you. I watched us as we got deeper into ethical non-monogamy. You know, at first it was like a, oh, is this, this is this interesting thing. We don't know anything about it. Like, is, is it going to resonate for us? And then when it did and it resonated really strongly and we went into some of these committed relationships, it came to a point where it was like we had moved so far away from the people that we were when we left Arizona and grown into these more loving and more intentional and more open people. We now had a gap. We had a gap of this is who we've told everybody that we are this is now who we are and for a couple years we were essentially attempting to keep both realities alive and that inauthenticity really really weighed on us yeah it did i'm exhausted right now even just talking about it and thinking about living a double life and something that's coming up for me right now is thinking about a lot of our friends in we'll just call it the lifestyle So many of them live in the closet. You know, their family doesn't know, their kids don't know. Like, it's extremely common in anything outside of normal traditional monogamy. You can call it ethical non-monogamy, swingers, kink, polyamory. There are a plethora of different facets of the lifestyle. Most of them are closeted. I feel for them. When we made our video coming out, we spoke to them and we encouraged them. Like, I hope this gives you hope. It's so silly to me to live in shame and secrecy, and maybe you're not even in shame, but but in secrecy, authenticity is honesty. You are showing more to your family and to your children and whoever you're hiding it from. Your lesson of not being honest and authentic is far louder whether you think they know or not, and trust me, people are very intelligent. Like, they know. Even if they don't know, know, like, the specifics, they know that something is off. They know. They know. And you're communicating far more with not being honest and authentic than you would by being honest and authentic and saying, here's how we've created more love in our life. Here's how we, you know, express our love to each other. And that includes other people. And so, you know, here's how you can have ethical non-monogamy. Because if more parents started teaching their kids about ethical non-monogamy, we wouldn't have a culture where some 75% of married people that are interviewed 
quietly admit that they've cheated on their partner. Infidelity is just so pervasive in our society. And it's these same narratives of anything other than monogamy makes us uncomfortable. And so we're just not going to talk about it. We're going to shame it. We're going to live in the closet. But then we're all being disloyal and infidelity anyways. I just want to really encourage you. This doesn't just apply to ethical non-monogamy or things related to that. If there is anything in your life that you are being inauthentic with your family about, I would really encourage you to sit with that and do some healing work around that. I have friends who live a double life around religion. Their family thinks that they practice a certain religion and they do not. I have friends who live a double life around ethical non-monogamy. I have friends who live a double life around what they choose to do with their bodies, be it their sexual journey or their substance journey. If you are not living an honest and authentic life, you are not walking in alignment and it's only hurting you. And so I would really encourage you to sit with these things and see how you can incorporate authenticity into your life. Authenticity is freedom. When you think about living an authentic life, think of all the things that you're hiding, not only from the people around you, but from yourself. It's like a bag of rocks that you're constantly carrying around. When you live an authentic life, you shed those bags of rocks and you can walk lighter. You can walk in truth. This also leads into relationship. When you talk about inauthenticity, for the many years that we were living in our suffering, I was being inauthentic because I wasn't communicating to you that I wasn't happy. You weren't communicating to me that you weren't happy. And we were living in this people-pleasing mode and essentially building resentment towards one another. Had we just been authentic and shared, this is what our experience is, we would have been able to actually sit with one another and work on that. Inauthenticity builds resentment, especially when you're not being authentic to yourself. When you're not speaking your truth, that resentment can build and then the ego uses it to project on that other person of saying it's their fault, it's th they're the reason you're unhappy, but in reality, it's because you aren't honoring yourself. It is not on them that you have negative emotions or resentment. It's your responsibility to speak your truth. Absolutely. A word that you said in there was freedom. We used to live such a heavy life of we have to be careful what we post. We have to be careful what we say to certain people. Oh, family's coming in town. Okay, vanilla mode. We've got to go back into this different mode because we can't talk about these things with them. And obviously, so much of this is self-perceived, right? Today, we are completely open. Our sexuality, our journey with ethical non-monogamy, our journey with plant medicine. We're right here on the internet, on the airwaves, putting it all out there. It's all out there. All of, our, all of our challenges, all of our pain, all of our beauty, all of our journey is out there. And this podcast, while extremely vulnerable and at times difficult, has been the ultimate act of freedom. It's been the ultimate act of surrender of, I'm an adult. I am a free, sovereign child of whatever God source creator you believe in. Someone else's opinions or perceptions or choices for their life has nothing to do with me. This is who we are. We are happy. We are healthy. We love each other. We love our lifestyle, whatever it looks like at any given time. And when you stand in that truth, it no longer matters what anyone else thinks. And this is a really huge part, both honesty and authenticity, wrapping it up here, are really core parts of our conscious partnership today. When we recommitted after our separation and we started moving into a conscious partnership, which took some time to figure out and work out the kinks. I'd say like, it took us like six months. It, we were both very clear that honesty and authenticity was the core of it. And even up to this morning, we have a lot of really uncomfortable conversations where we have to be honest and authentic with each other of, I'm not feeling this, or I'm feeling this, or I want this thing, or I don't want that thing. Honoring that for ourselves, every day that goes by, it gets increasingly easier. And I want to encourage you all with that, that it does get easier. When you are walking in truth and you are being honest and you are being authentic, your line is no longer blurred. And it bleeds out into every area of your life. It bleeds out into your personal life, your relationships, your friendships, your family. 
And so by honoring myself and my boundaries in this relationship with you, my conscious partner, it makes it that much easier to honor it with everyone else. And additionally, this is a really key component of conscious partnership is this holding up of the mirror, is holding your partner, your friend, your loved one, your family member, whoever you are in conscious partnership with, holding that mirror up. And we both do of, I don't feel like you're being authentic right now, or that energy didn't feel aligned for me. Would you like to revisit that? Or calling each other when we may kind of be slowly slipping down these behaviors. You know, I don't think either one of us lies. Like, I don't think dishonesty exists in this relationship anymore. There are moments where bending of the truth and omitting of facts, like we're human. And the beautiful thing about conscious partnership, as difficult as it is, is you always have that person there to help keep you accountable. You always have that person there to hold you to your highest self. The beautiful thing about authenticity is that it radiates out. When you live an authentic life, you are showing other people that it is okay to be authentically themselves. Each one of us that makes the commitment as hard as it can be and as uncomfortable as it can be to be authentic and say, this is who I am, this is my experience, it gives everybody else that glimmer of hope, that shine of the candle to say, hey, that person's living the life that I'm living and they're talking about it. Maybe I can do that too. This is the perfect segue into our last little section here, which is our journey with vulnerability and vulnerability in general. This podcast is the most vulnerable thing I've ever done, that's for sure, you know, and and my solo podcast, putting my tiny hat out there, aka my inner child, and coming on to these podcasts and just vulnerably and authentically pouring our hearts out about our darkest moments and some of our deepest moments of not living in alignment. I'm really trying to choose my words carefully here because they're not mistakes and they're not regrets. They're moments we weren't living in alignment. They were opportunities for growth. When we look at the first three years that we were together, they were very boring. They were very vanilla. They were very following the books and doing what was what we perceived was expected of us, you know, go to college, go to work, run a house, get married. And we were so unhappy because we were so closed off to experiences and uncertainty and people and literally anything because that was so uncomfortable. It was vulnerable, right? That's what vulnerability is. And moving to Oregon was a massive plunge into vulnerability. You know, our, our ethical non-monogamy journey was a literal forcing of vulnerability. You have to be, well, I guess you don't have to be. I think we have probably seen some people take that journey and not be vulnerable. It doesn't usually end well. For us, it really was kind of like exposure therapy type of way, just pushed us off the diving board into the deep end. And it was like, okay, we're just going to have to be vulnerable. And while that was an extremely rocky journey, and we definitely learned through trial and error, it was a blessing. And I'm so grateful for that because it just shoved us into, okay, we just have to be vulnerable now. There's no other way. Moving into kind of like summer 2022 timeframe, you know, when you came out and our lifestyle ethical non-monogamy journey transitioned into our kink journey, which we will talk about on an upcoming episode as well, it was the start of true vulnerability in this relationship. Think about that, y'all. We had been together almost six years and true, authentic, honest vulnerability did not happen until just before that six-year mark. And even then, it was riddled with dishonesty and it was riddled with a lot of those things we talked about earlier. But that was the start. And so we're a little over a year, a year and a half into this radical journey of vulnerability. This probably sheds a lot of light for a lot of our loved ones and our friends because coming out of our separation, 2023's theme really was just radical vulnerability, radical honesty. Like, coming to your partner, your loved one, whoever, naked and unashamed as this is me bearing my soul and this is the good, the bad, the ugly. And while that is the hardest thing I think I've ever done, I can't speak for you, it is hands down the most aligned, healing, intimate, and beautiful moments of my existence on this planet in this incarnation. When we come together 
and share that vulnerability and authenticity, it is unlike anything I have ever experienced. Yeah, I mean, vulnerability is like grabbing your heart and shattering it open. If honesty is the foundation of how we get to authenticity, and then authenticity is our expression of that honesty, vulnerability is that heart space. It's that emotion. It's that energy that you feel when you are living in alignment. It is that true expression of yourself. And the key part about the difference between authenticity and vulnerability, it's allowing yourself to be open. It's allowing yourself to be seen in that space of authenticity because you can live an authentic life and still be very quiet about it versus having the courage to come to your partner and say, this is who I am. Let's talk about it. This is my experience. Let's talk about it. I want to know about you. When we approach each other, like the storybooks that we are with a hunger to read and learn and understand who each of us are expressing as, our hearts just open. Love flows and pours out. It can be scary to be vulnerable because our society hasn't taught us to do that. There is so much separation in the world that we live in because of this uncomfortability with being vulnerable. Many of us shy away from it. I'm here to tell you after six years of being afraid of vulnerability, the moment that we started being vulnerable with each other a year ago was when our relationship moved to a new level. I mean, the depth. A new dimension. Can, yeah, absolutely. A, a new unit. I mean, it's not even comprehensible. A new reality. Exactly. I mean, when you live with your relationships at this surface level point, or maybe even just below that, we'll call it the shallow end of sharing minimums and being afraid to express yourself when you take that plunge into the deep end that is vulnerability you see the capacity for love that's there not only in others but in yourself the capacity to vulnerably accept someone as they are show them that unconditional love and then allow yourself to be seen and accepted and accept their unconditional love that is where conscious relationship happens. Absolutely. We have a couple of last closing thoughts here that we want to share with you all. We want to talk about disclosures because we have gone through what is honesty, what is authenticity, what is vulnerability. We have put our story out there around these topics and how we've gotten to where we've gotten. However, making that journey happen there's this key middle point, right? Like if you are imagining a line, the starting point is living an inauthentic, dishonest life. And the other end is a life of complete authenticity and vulnerability and honesty that we live today. There's kind of this middle, really murky area where you're going to have to make the transition. And a part of making the transition is disclosure. And what we mean when we say disclosure is you're going to have to be honest with people. You're going to have to be honest with your partner, your family, your friends, whoever it is, you know, we had to be honest with a lot of people in our life about, you know, what was going on in our relationship, our toxic patterns, my behaviors, your addiction, our ethical non-monogamy journey. And so we want to talk a little bit about disclosure because we don't want to just sit here and say, okay, now go be honest and authentic and, you know, go tell everybody the truth. But like, what does that look like? Something really important to preface this conversation is how that process goes how painful it is, how long it is, and how murky it is, is completely up to you. We cannot stress this enough. You have full power in the way that you disclose your honest and authentic truth and or the things that you were not being honest and authentic about. The way that you do that is incredibly important. And for both of us, we learned the hard way. And so if you are someone who's in a situation where you need to be honest or authentic with people in your life, please, please, please listen to this portion because it is vitally important. This is straight wisdom that we learned through a year of not doing it this way. 
thank you for that preface because if somebody had talked to me about disclosures before our transition into an honest and authentic life, it would have gone much differently. You know, dishonesty is one of the most selfish expressions that we can have because what we are doing is we are essentially manipulating the other person and robbing them of truth in order to regulate ourselves, get our needs met, or to avoid something. The process of moving from a dishonest and inauthentic life into authenticity takes courage. It takes strength. What you're doing is taking ownership of where you have been dishonest. And it is so important that you do that in one go. If you have the opportunity to sit down and have a vulnerable conversation with your loved one and disclose, do so with every detail, with every everything out there in the open, because if you do that in, you know, think about ripping the bandaid off versus ripping the bandaid off and then putting another one on and then ripping that off and then putting another one on and then ripping that off and now the wound's infected and I have to, you know, stitch it up and whatever it is. When I disclosed about my sexual addiction and my infidelity, I did it in a way that was very self-serving and very fear-based where I would leave breadcrumbs essentially and say, this is what I did and then wait, see what your reaction would be. Do, am I, am I safe to say more? Am I safe to really be honest? And then I would release another layer. Actually, this is where it went. And then that continued on for the better part of months. And that was a very painful process for you. And it didn't have to be that difficult. Absolutely. Don't breadcrumb it, y'all. Just speak the truth. Truth is truth. It is what it is. We're all having this human experience. Everyone deserves the truth. Everyone deserves to see your authentic and vulnerable self. And that was the hardest part of the journey for me. Every single time. It was not that you're disclosing more, not that you're not being honest. It's that you keep putting us through this. Like we could have had one conversation a year ago and been done with it. And for months and months and months, it just disclosed a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And my piece of advice would be taking ownership of your emotions and your reactions because you want honesty and authenticity, right? Well, then you need to create that container for it. And that is something that I did not help in this scenario because he would, you know, get the courage to give me some more honesty and I would not have a positive reaction. Not about what he was sharing, not about what the dishonesty was, but about the fact that he hadn't been completely honest the first time he disclosed. And so it is absolutely and completely our responsibility to manage our own emotions. No one makes us feel anything. No one makes us do anything. No one makes us think anything. We create our reality, our thoughts, our emotions, and our behaviors. And there's nothing that he could have done or said that made me react in the way that I reacted. Looking back on all of that, that is my biggest piece of advice is take ownership for your emotions and your reactions. Take the space and the time that you need to process and sit with and digest rather than just immediately going into the conversation. Yeah, if you're the one disclosing, have the strength and the fortitude to know what you're doing is courageous. And then to do that, take that plunge and then hold the space for your loved one to experience their reaction. And what my sponsor shared with me after I disclosed the third or fourth time was as the ones who have been living a dishonest life, you have been sitting with this knowledge and processing it for that entire time. That is all new information to your loved one. And depending on what you're disclosing, it can be a really drastic change to their emotional state. As they process all of that information in one go, that reaction can be anywhere from anger to sadness to avoidance to shut down, whatever it may be, know that that is their body and their soul processing what you are saying. It doesn't reflect you in any way. And by holding the space and allowing them 
to feel whatever it is that they need to feel, keeping that container open so that they know that they're being held and loved and supported. Because it's not about you. The act of disclosure is a selfless one. And so if you are disclosing to get something off of your chest to regulate yourself, then you may find yourself in the spot that I found myself in, which was that of reaction to my partner's reaction. Because in my egoic mind, it was, oh, I just disclosed I did the right thing. Why am I not getting the reaction that I want, which is to be loved and accepted? It's not about you. You have to give that to yourself. You have to love and accept yourself enough to be able to disclose, let your partner have what they need to have and process, and then be there to have the conversation afterwards. Absolutely. Such good advice. It really all comes down to one thing. It's loving your loved one enough to tell the truth. It's honoring enough to tell them what they need to hear versus what you think they want to hear. That is a selfless act. You know, while honesty, authenticity, and vulnerability all serve ourselves in the end, they also serve our loved ones. And so I hope by listening to this conversation today, as heavy as it is at times, this is our story. This is the truth. This is our honest and authentic and vulnerable past. And it's not our current reality. We have done a really good job around this conversation. And I, I we're both kind of smiling and nodding at each other because honesty, authenticity, and vulnerability, a little less on the vulnerability, but honesty and authenticity is something maybe because of our conscious partnership and you can't really hide, we've kind of mastered, I feel like. There is absolutely nothing that I can think of at this time that I'm not living in my authentic truth, and it is wonderful. I am the same person with everyone I meet, whether it's a stranger, a family member, a childhood friend, a professional contact, it doesn't matter. My entire life is out on the line in this podcast. I explore plant medicine. I journey with ethical non-monogamy with my partner. I fill in the blank. And that is just a part of my story and journey. And so when it's all out there, the freedom and the joy that you get to express yourself vulnerably and authentically is one of the most joyous feelings I have ever experienced. And it is my hope and my prayer and my intention that sharing this somehow, some way encourages you to start that journey. And remember, it's a journey, learning to love honesty. Take your time, go slow, walk in truth, walk in your authentic self. And while there may be challenges to overcome, you can't go wrong. We say this almost on every episode, but have grace with yourself. Have grace with your loved one because what we're sharing with you who we are today versus where we came from, it's been a journey. It's a journey. We just talked about loving the journey. Wherever you can start today, do that. Take that first step and then continue walking and then take that other small step. Even if it starts raining, know that you are walking in alignment and no matter what comes on your path, so long as you're walking in that alignment, it will pass. You will get to the light. You can do this because we did.